What's up? Welcome in. Happy Friday here on the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use that code CHGO to live your bet life. Get $2,000 in free bets right now. What's going on? It's a remote Friday. Got our guys here, Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano. My name is Adam Hogue. Guys, quarterback news. Backup quarterback news. Hey, we got some news. It's something. We'll take it. We'll take it. What's going on, guys? Oh, Not too much. Are you Adam? I'm good. You know the t- Trevor Simeon back in town. I I can get excited about that. Kevin's excited. Look at Kevin Kadick jumping in our comments already. Uh, we will interact with you throughout the show. And uh, what's up, Enrique? This is actually uh, to me. Uh, and I mean, it's not the biggest story, but it's among the biggest stories we've had since free agency started, mainly because of how it impacts Nick Foles. Think. Uh, most of our viewers, listeners are probably up to speed at this point, um, but the Bears are signing Trevor Simeon, the former Northwestern quarterback who's bounced around the NFL. He's been uh, somewhat successful as a backup. Didn't have the greatest run with New Orleans last year uh, after James Winston got hurt, but um, th- I think the biggest thing is what does this mean for Nick Foles and how the Bears should handle this? What do you guys think? Well, on my side, you know, I believe this means Nick Foles is definitely someone that the Bears are hoping uh, that they can move from. Uh, I know if they cut him, you save around $3 million in cap. Uh, if you're able to trade him, you get to save a little bit more. Uh, so I'm looking at this as, you know, hopefully they can find someone to kind of be that trade partner, uh, help us out a little bit more in our cap situation. And honestly, I don't even care what to get back in return, uh, at least personally. I don't care if it's a conditional sixth in 2023, a conditional seventh. Uh, next year's draft is two. I think the cap savings, uh, just getting away from that contract would just be, you know, the biggest benefit. But if you can get any additional draft capital back that it's a little bit more like icing on the cake. And again, it could be a conditional last pick of the draft. I really don't mind. Yeah. For me, Adam, it's like where, what teams need a backup quarterback right now? And kind of just looking at the league, there's been so much quarterback movement. And a couple of teams that I've kind of narrowed it down to, it's like, what if Nick Foles went back to Jacksonville, right? Where the Bears actually (laughs) traded that fourth round pick. And they do have CJ Beathard as their backup currently from Iowa. Had to bring it up there. But they also have some picks, though. And that's what maybe this can get interesting in terms of what potentially you can get for a Nick Foles. They actually have four six-round draft picks. So if you're looking in that realm of like, well, could you maybe trade one of those? They have the 180th, 88th, 197, and 198, the Jaguars. So could you trade a Nick Foles for a six-round draft pick? And, you know, with I, I look at that Car- Carson Wentz deal and what you were able to get back for him, this QB market is 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 weird. Like, you traded a third round to get Matt Ryan. What do you get for a Nick Foles at this point? Who knows? But maybe the Jaguars could be an enticing trade partner, especially because they also have a young quarterback as well. Yeah, I look. I think the Bears, all you know, all due respect to Trevor Simeon, but you're getting worse at back, back your backup quarterback. And Nick Foles is still pretty good, and we saw that last year uh, when he came in and filled in in Seattle, and the Bears got a victory. Granted, not against not a great Seahawks team, but um, you know, by the way, Seahawks. Any interest in Nick Foles? Drew hey. Lock. I mean, like that's a team I immediately came to mind. Um, you know, there's been so much quarterback movement. Baker Mayfield's still out there, uh, you know, potentially available. Um, but I, I I would think somebody would 
be willing to take a flyer on Nick Foles at what is what I think one million dollars in guaranteed money, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not a I think up to four is his base salary. Um, it's not a ton of money for a pretty good backup. I mean, that's kind of what the market is for backup, good backup quarterbacks anyway these days. So I don't, I still don't know if I'd want to just give him away, guys. He's he's I think he's got value to Justin Fields in developing him. I think he's got value to come in if you need him to play. Adding Trevor Simeon changes that a little bit, but I would if if they can't even get a draft pick for him, then I'd probably hold on to him to be honest with you. Well, I understand that. My question to you guys would be do you believe Foles wants to be here? Remember last training camp, he was kind of adamant, like, hey, I want to make this trade happen. Get me to Indianapolis. Obviously, the Bears could not uh, get that. I know the Carson Wentz thing as well. It was all just odd. But I just wonder if he wants to be here in Chicago, be the backup, and or if he wants to go somewhere where he has, I don't want to say a chance to start, but maybe a, a different track. And I don't know how he's meshing with the new coach, the new system, and what's going on here as well. But I would just wonder if he wants to be a Chicago Bear in 2022 or not. Well, well, I'll, a couple things on that. So one is I'm sure he wants to go be a starter somewhere. I'm sure he feels like he can still start in the National Football League. I'm sure that that start he got and that win in Seattle helped fuel that going into the offseason too. Uh, my understanding of how things played out last year was that Nick Foles would ideally have liked to have been somewhere where he could start and play, but he didn't want to just go anywhere. He wanted to, he wanted to make sure he was going somewhere where he had familiarity with the offense, could come in, not have to learn like a brand new playbook, something that fit him that he was familiar with. Now you would have thought that Indianapolis would have fit that because of Frank Reich being there. Um, But I also think Carson Wentz's presence there was enough that I'm not so sure Nick Foles wanted to go to Indy. I think he was just open mm-hmm. to a trade if it was the right spot. And this is where I'm not so sure the Bears had to do this, but they did do this. They kind of honored that. Nick Foles did not have a no trade clause. They could have traded him anywhere. Like, too bad, man. You you know, you got to go learn some random new playbook. But they honored that and kept him on. So, of course, this is a new regime. This is a new GM. The new head coach. They don't necessarily have that same relationship that that Nick Foles, um, you know, probably had uh, with with Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace. So I don't know if that still applies. Uh, I don't know if Nick Foles can really be picky in this situation. But I also want to point out that we've already seen a little bit about what his demand might be based on some of the moves we've seen. Like, is Matt Ryan a better quarterback than Nick Foles? Probably. But you could have gotten Nick Foles for cheaper, right? So and you you have that familiarity with Frank Reich. So if Frank Reich still wanted and the Colts still wanted Matt Ryan, much more expensive draft capital, all that more than Nick Foles like that. Just I'm not saying nobody wants Nick Foles. I'm just saying that I'm not sure there's a huge demand out there at the same time. No, I don't think there would be. Oh, yeah. And I mean, kind of sticking with the Colts. I mean, honestly, they could use a backup. Like if you're looking at just Matt Ryan himself, again, a guy that's going to work from the pocket, very similar to what Nick Foles will do. And 
you kind of look at who's on their roster outside of Matt Ryan. It's Sam Ellinger and James Morgan. Those are their backups. I think they would gladly, if you know it worked out, they would take a Nick Foles. But you kind of you mentioned a good point here, Adam, with you know this new Bears regime. We've already seen them deal Khalil Mack for trades. Like there's no connection to wanting to keep Nick Foles if they have to. It's like this current Bears staff has shown they're willing to make the moves necessary to get draft capital back. So if there is a trade partner and it seems right for the Bears and obviously that that team that's trying to acquire Nick Foles, then I feel like they would do it. It's just whether or not that trade partner actually exists. But I think the three teams that we kind of mentioned here, Jaguars, Seattle, Indianapolis, maybe those would be potential places if, you know, Nick Foles is going to be dealt. And I understand, Adam, your point about, you know, having him in the building in a quarterback's room will help like a Justin Fields. Like that makes a lot of sense. I would just wonder what the cap of that would be, just considering they've been around one another for a year already. Like what has Nick Foles still have to teach a guy like Justin Fields? And uh, another point that I just want to make here real quickly, too, is like I know we've all kind of said like this year is all about developing Justin uh, and the Bears aren't going to be you know contenders, but they're not going to be terrible. I think, you know, if you have Trevor Simeon as your backup compared to Foles, obviously, if Fields goes down, uh, you're going to be a little bit more worse for wear. By the end of the day, we already kind of said that that's not what this season's about. It's not yeah. about, you know, making it to the playoffs per se. It's about Justin Fields. So I, I feel like you can move on from a guy like Nick Foles uh, just for that reason alone. No, that's a good point, Will. And we, we sort of talked about that briefly the other day, this idea of like, I hate the idea of just tanking the whole season because it's not good for Justin Fields. But then again, if Justin Fields were to get hurt or not be available, losing might not be the worst thing in the world. And so do you really need Nick Foles to come in just to maintain your probability of winning a football game? I think that's where bringing in Trevor Simeon, um, who who might not who isn't quite frankly just as established, doesn't have the same credentials as Nick Foles as both a starter and a backup in in the league. But it's still pretty good. Like you could do a lot worse than Trevor Simeon as a backup quarterback. Um, so anyway, let's get to this super chat from Connor here. Trade with the Giants again for the fifth overall pick. Give them Nick Foles, your 2023 first rounder, and a few other 23 later picks to get Garrett Wilson. Hmm. Um, okay, love the creativity here. First of all, that is not getting it done, though. No way is that going to get it done. Um, I mean, Nick Foles would probably probably be like a throw in in that deal, not like a centerpiece. Uh, 2023 first rounder would just be the starting point. You'd probably still have to give up both second round picks too. like you'd have to give up a lot to get all the way up to number five. And uh, so I love the creativity. I just don't think that that's getting it done. I don't think I have to add anything further there. Uh, you're pretty much right on point, uh, Adam. Uh, one more thing about Simeon, too, about what the Bears are getting in a backup, at least that I like, is the fact that at least he takes care of the ball, right? Like, he doesn't complete a ton of his passes, only like 57% uh, in his career. But that 11-3 to touchdown-to-interception ratio, if you're going to lean on defense in the heavy run game, you know, if your backup can just take care of the football, like, you'll at least be in those games. No, I was watching the game against Tennessee, where Trevor Simeon was was a starter in that game, and he made some really good throws. Like we're we're nitpicking here, have to go very specific to you know game by game basis. But 19 of 34, 298 yards, two touchdowns, and like I said, made some impressive throws against a good Tennessee uh, Titans team. But 
like like you guys, if you're seeing Trevor Simeon out there playing for the Bears, it's it's obviously not going to be the best case for for the offense or for the team in general. But it is a a backup quarterback, and he has ties playing in Northwestern, and now he's on the Chicago Bears. So that's what you get in Trevor Simeon. And I'd be a little concerned about Justin's durability overall, considering, you know, the injury late in college, then last year dealing with a few. And I know he was beaten around like no other, so I'm not – and he's tough as nails, so I'm not trying to say anything other than that. And the lack but, of offensive linemen they've gotten him so yes, far. exactly. So that's another reason why, you know, you kind of hold your breath right now when you kind of think about it. Uh, and you hope that you don't have to see a guy like Trevor Simeon out there. However, unless they go get – some more people up front, you, you may end up seeing it come to fruition. And uh, I don't think neither of us here on the panel would like that to happen. All right. I think we have another uh, super chat on the uh, quarterback situation here. Uh, this actually came from the Discord, which uh, you can get to as a member. So sign up, allchgo.com, join, and you can get into the Discord. But would you guys be open to trading both seconds to the Cardinals uh, for Chris Olave, knowing Fields has chemistry with them, I mean, this is a this is a question we've I feel like we've addressed a few times now at this mm-hmm. point. Um, you know, I think I think my official answer on this is like, let's kind of see how the draft board's going. Right, like this is a trade that you wouldn't really be making until draft night. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think. It certainly hasn't helped. The Devontae Adams trade and the Tyreek Hills trade, they they have not helped the Bears because now you have the Chiefs and the Packers both needing wide receivers, multiple picks, front of the Bears before they even have one pick. But I still think with all the needs the Bears have, you have to be very careful. There's also no guarantee that those two twos just even get it done depending on, you know, where you are, who you're trading with. And um, I still think there's a number of wide receivers later that will still be pretty good options, as much as I do love the idea of Olave with Justin Fields, because that would be great. Yeah, and again, if this is Madden, sure, let's go ahead and get it done uh, at 100 times out of 100. But if you're looking at like mortgaging the future, and I know earlier this week I was like, yes, let's do it, let's do it. But I'm already looking, I don't know, the Cardinals pick 23rd? Will Alave be there at pick number twenty? Yeah, I know. There's that's, some mocks that have him going like in the teens now. Yeah, like that's that's where I get concerned here uh, with this one specifically. And if Alave is off the table, then I would hold put and let the board kind of fall to me. Uh, but yeah, if it was a video game, I'd do it. <laughs> and it's not. And I'm, we were kind of fielding a, a similar question for like DK Metcalf with the two second round draft picks. Would you maybe do that, knowing uh, like? a known commodity, someone who's already been in the league has shown some stuff already. You're trading two seconds for, yes, Justin Fields has chemistry with an Olave, but still got to see how he does in the league. And I'm sure he'll, he'll be successful, but it's an interesting question. If the bears didn't have as many holes throughout their entire roster, it would be, it would be a different, um, I think an answer that we'd be giving like, yes, go get your guy, go get your number one. But that's not the case for the bears where they currently stand and where their roster is at right now. And hey, it doesn't matter which round you draft a receiver. You either hit or you miss. You know, there's guys that we drafted in the top 10 uh, that was a big swing and a miss. And there's guys that fell to the second round, like an Alshon Jeffrey, that ended up being, you know, pretty capable. And heck, we all know about Darnell Mooney in the fifth round, too. And it's a deep class. So patience, again, may end up paying dividends for Poles and the Bears. Brandon says that Foles wants to slice and dice elsewhere. 
Love the pie. We appreciate that, Brandon. Yeah, he's slicing and dicing up those third stringers last year in training <laughs> camp. That was fun. That's actually, I got to say, that was one of my favorite press conferences ever. Just like, just to, what a change of pace it was to have a quarterback just walk in there and like say it exactly how it is. Nothing was off limits. Yeah, let's talk about getting traded. Let's talk about, you know, Andy Dalton coming in and Mitch Trubisky leaving and drafting Justin Fields. Like, it was, that was awesome. I, hey, I got to say this. I got a lot of respect for Nick Foles, man. Nick Foles is, uh, quite frankly, like a little bit of a overachieving quarterback in the NFL who won a Super Bowl MVP. And it really has taken advantage of almost every situation that he's been given, um, with the exception of like the Jaguars, which wasn't completely his fault. He got hurt. Um, you know, he's... He's had a couple tough breaks here and there, but the guy has been a really good quarterback at, for the most part when he's come in. And I'll never, you know, take 2017 away from him what he did to step in and win a Super Bowl. That's that's legendary stuff from Nick Foles. So to me, uh, I'm never going to try to disrespect him. And you know, if the Bears do end up trading him, I understand why. But uh, whoever trades for him, or if they can't and they have to cut him, or however this plays out, whoever wherever Nick Foles is. Next season, I think that team's getting a heck of a, a minimum backup quarterback. I agree, sure. Adam. I remember, I'm glad that you brought up the Nick Foles um, press conference because this is our first year last year being credentialed and being at those press conferences, but that one stands out above them all. Like, just yeah. being – after he got done and when he left, you're like, wow. <laughs> Nick Foles was fiery, let it all out, was very, you know, candid with what he was saying. And it's like, man, that's, that's somebody who's obviously been through a lot. He's done a lot in his career, and – you know, now he's at where he's at, but yeah, no, that was definitely one where afterwards I'm like, okay, Nick Foles. Okay. <laughs> and I like how Adam's mentioned, you know, legendary. Cause he does have a statue for crying out loud yeah. already. <laughs> so like he, he's done, um, you know, like he said, overachieving, he's done things that I don't think anyone really thought he could. And heck, if he does get another opportunity somewhere else, I want to totally count him out for, even if he has to sit in the bench and come in halfway through the season, we saw what he did couple years ago with the bears in atlanta like he can provide that spark that what that team needs and always kind of steps up to the plate so i won't i still won't be sad to see him go personally but there is like you said there is something about the guy enrique's got our daily countdown to the nfl kickoff 166 days all right i'm always excited for football but let's also slow it down a little bit let's enjoy summer first because i do (laughs) enjoy summer enjoy some time off so let's not rush quite to the kickoff but once it gets here we'll all be excited because there's nothing better than football season hey the best way to support chgo is to download the points bet app use code chgo when you sign up if you do that right now you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 of free bets, a free CHGO membership, which is worth it on its own, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, email PointsBet at allchgo.com. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, the live college basketball same-game parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live same-game parlay only 
with points bet. You can combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. You can even boost those bets. And now online signup is available in Illinois. Download the points bet app right now. Register your account from start to finish all from your phone. It's very easy to do. Plus, during points bet match madness, all users can earn up to $100 in free bets during each round. Just place a $50 pregame wager and you'll get a free $20 live bet to be used for that same round. So what are you, you wait, what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. All right. I'm excited about this next segment. Give props to Will for coming up with this idea. Um Actually, let me sort things out. This one, I'm excited about both segments because I forgot, actually forgot briefly the order we we're doing this in. But right now, we're going to talk about which former Bears player. Like, if you could take them. So this is sort of like, uh, does Madden still? I haven't played Madden in a while. They still, like, let you take, like, old teams and, like, import them into the game or whatever? Not like they used to. Okay. But, like, if you could just import a former Bears player onto this roster, and that player in his prime, by the way, which player would you choose? Will, I'll give you the honor since this was your idea. Oh, boy. Nice. So uh, my caveat is going to be I only chose players uh, that I was alive enough to play because everyone can say, you know, like a Walter Payton, and that's such an easy one, hands down. So I'm looking at players in my era. I look at the Bears' current needs, what what the Bears can definitely benefit the most from. And I want to bring Charles Tillman back to the Bears mm. in his prime. You know, he's an excellent cover two corner, knows this defense you know, inside and out. And he has the one thing the Bears have been lacking and that they're preaching right now, and that's turnovers. I know he's coming in to hopefully uh, teach uh, that peanut punch, uh, but it's not just, you know, the force fumbles. It's the interceptions, and he's a guy that, you know, would lock down that side. You bring him opposite with Jalen Johnson, which makes Jalen the number two again. <laughs> this defense would be uh, so much better off with Charles Tillman at the helm, so – I would go with Peanut myself. Uh, I, I'm going to kick it over to Nick because it seemed like I took one of his guys. <laughs> Definitely did take one of my guys. He was on there. Charles Tillman be a great addition, but we usually think alike. Will I chose somebody like, Hey, I wasn't alive seeing him in his prime, but who cares? He's going to help the bears right now. And we actually mentioned him on yesterday's podcast. Am Adam, uh, Jimbo covert. Uh, oh my God. You took my guy. I'm sorry. I had to. I mean, Part of the 2020 class, uh, Hall of Fame class of inductees, a six overall pick. The Bears won six division titles in a seven-year span with Covert. Started 110 games, so that durability that, that the Bears currently don't have at that position or haven't had in a very long time. And I found this, so offensive two-time offensive lineman of the year uh, in 1985, and then the Miller Lite offensive lineman of the year in 1986, but that is an upgrade immediately, obviously being in the offensive line to protect Justin Fields. I, I thought it was a no-brainer, but I liked how Will did it to where players that we've actually seen, and, you know, yeah. I wasn't uh, actually alive. So, yeah, Jimbo Covert. All right, well, I can at least say I saw the end of Jimbo's career. Um, I was very little, but I, I did uh, – I was alive. Um, yeah, I was going to go that route, too, just because I think you have to help the offensive line. So, you know, I, I, I'm not just saying this to suck up to our teammate, but another great addition would be Olin Cruz yeah. because you're not only getting just a really, really good center who should be in the Hall of Fame, but you're also getting that guy to set the tone in the locker room. Like the Bears have uh, quite honestly somewhat lacked since Olin uh, moved on and briefly went to New Orleans. So I think um, I think that that would be a good choice. But – 
I mean, how do you not go Walter Payton in this discussion? Like, I guess if you're going to set the boundaries of like, you can't go, you know, all the way to George Hallis, fine, you know, but like, um, <laughs> I, I Walter Payton's just so dynamic. I would just love to see Walter Payton in today's NFL. And like, cause he could do anything. He he could, he could catch, he could run, he could throw uh, the highlights of him throwing the ball to Jim McMahon are just amazing. I, I, I just love it. Well, on top of that too, they don't tackle like they used to Adam. So imagine all the broken tackles that Walter would have nowadays and those extended runs because he was doing it in an arrow that like, People are pretty much, you know, defenses could do whatever to get guys down. You can't really do that anymore. So the new kind of like parameters that defense have to play with, I would just expect his numbers to blow up compared to what they already even were, which would be, yeah. you know, insane to think about. But I love the chat. And I saw every person on my short list here in the chat, whether it be Lance Briggs, you know, to come here and be the will backer, uh, Brian Erlecker to be the mic, which again, could move Roquan out to the will. So that would be a big help. I saw Tommy Harris in his prime, which very short window. Super dominant for that three tech. Uh, Brandon Marshall for wide receiver one. Julius Peppers to be that guy off the edge. I mean, a lot of good stuff here in the chat. Thomas Jones. Steve, wait, Steven Paya? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we have a hey, he, he has a bench press in here. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, you know what? I, I know Braverman. <laughs> Daniel Braverman. All right. Now we're now we're just having oh. fun, which is okay. Um you know, I think an interesting discussion would be, would you rather go with Erlacher or Briggs to pair yep. with Roquan Smith? I would go Erlacher because, like, as much as I've been sitting here making the argument over the last few weeks that I would keep Roquan in the middle in this defense right now, it's because I think he's the best option with what you have um, right now. If you could have Erlacher and then have Roquan play the will, and use his speed all over that, that. That's just a dynamic pairing. So that's probably how, but honestly, if you had Briggs and have Roquan play in the middle, like that's a great pairing too. You really can't go wrong there. No, I no, think you're you right can. though. I think you're right because Erlacher, you know, Hey, you would know every call already. He can just jump in and he would run this thing like no other. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he'd take over the middle of the field like he used to like early on in his career with all that range that even Erlacher had uh, be able to kind of, you know, step back and coverage as well and just take away that entire middle of the field. Like if he can do that and then you have Roquan to clean up after the fact, like Roquan would be, you know, the next Lance Briggs if that ended up being the case, like without question, uh, teams would have to kind of focus on the perimeter. Uh, and, and so, yeah, no, I like it. I'm, I'm gushing about the thought. I see Devin here's uh, Devin Erickson said Devin Hester. And as much as I would love to see Devin Hester on this bears team, the punt, the punt return game, the return game just isn't what it was back then. So, like, how many opportunities is Devin going to get? And who knows? But obviously a dynamic, the greatest return man of all time, and he'll get his time in, in the Hall of Fame once that happens. But I wonder if the impact of Devin Hester is just minimized in today's NFL as opposed to when he was playing where anytime that guy got the ball in his hands, it's like there was a chance, which was so fun to watch. Would we be able to bring Devin back into time and like clear the memory of everyone so they know like they don't remember the fact like you don't kick it to Devin so they do <laughs> kick it to Devin because if you brought him and you just kind of like you know pasted him into this team, <laughs> everyone's gonna know like we don't kick to that guy so the impact would be minimal for that reason. True. You know what's um 
I mean, I would add Devin Hester in a heartbeat. I some of these other names that are popping in, popping in are great. You know, Mike Brown would be a great choice because again, mm-hmm. we said my, like, and we should caveat like because a couple people have thrown out Orlando Pace's name because like, yeah, if you get a Hall of Fame Orlando Pace, it's got to be like at their peak of when they played for the Bears. Um, mm-hmm. But Mike Brown, when he was Mike Brown, I mean, he really could have had a Hall of Fame career, in my opinion. You know, if he stays healthy, um, the hardest one, cause <laughs> I saw Craig Krenzel. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about Craig Krenzel last week. Um, I wanted to go wide receiver, but that's a tough position to, you know, pull somebody back. The bears just have, just have not had great wide receivers over the years. Like, do you go Willie Galt? Um, I mean, obviously I, I don't want to risk, disrespect Tom Waddle. I'll take Waddle in the heartbeat, right, guys? But, uh, you know, the the guys on that list are really Brandon Marshall. That's, know, that's like, the one. I, it's it, And that's why ultimately I went with Walter Payton because I'm still trying to add a dynamic weapon that can help Justin Fields. And of all those choices, you got to go with 34. You do? Ooh. You know, I mean, obviously, I've, I, like I said at the top, like Walter's a given. Uh, Greg Olson, though tight end if we can reverse that trade that would be fun uh, to kind of you know as long as he can bring back the hair i, I missed the locks <laughs> that, yeah. that was great i remember being at the seattle seahawks playoff game and seeing him just catch that touchdown on the streak over the middle of the field soldier field was electric it's the last playoff game they won at soldier field too which is pretty sad but uh yeah greg olson in this offense with giving justin field someone he liked using the tight end at ohio state Give him a nice deep start like Greg Olson. That's definitely going to help. I saw Bernard Berrien. That's always a fun one. I know he came up real clutch during that Super Bowl run for the Bears, uh, especially in that Saints game. Heck, even the Seattle game, too. Bernard Berrien someone that definitely goes underrated, I think, as time passes and in his impact in Chicago. Of course, quarterback play didn't help him out too much uh, with better play back there. Could have had a much stronger career, but I thought his impact was good. And Johnny Knox 100 times in the chat. Can't forget about him. Um, yeah, so that's a fun little exercise there. We are going to also in, in a few minutes here, take a look at some of the best and worst draft picks in bears history. Um, uh, but real quick, I wanted to, uh, touch on some NFL news or some rule stuff, um, which you guys know that I like a lot. Um, but the, the owners meetings are happening next week. And as the league usually does, they released the, the final rule proposals and bylaw proposals that will, uh, be addressed and voted on in next week's league meeting. So the competition committee will meet, then the owners will will vote on this stuff. Um, the biggest thing, the headline definitely is a possible change to overtime. And it seems like there's enough momentum here, guys, that this might actually happen. Now, I think there's a, there's a few different things here there's a few different possibilities i mean one of the proposals that i sincerely doubt will happen is the tennessee titans proposal which is both teams will get a possession in overtime with one exception which is if the first team scores and goes for two and successfully converts it see that's Um, what i like I, I like but, that one because then you get down there and they have to make a decision. Do we punch it in and win this game or do we trust our defense a bit uh, with a longer field? I think that puts a lot of just 
strategy behind it and you know gumption like you have to really trust to get it in there or not and then if you miss the point conversion then you're really in a bind because then all they need seven and you win but the problem with that i don't i don't disagree with anything you just said but the problem is it doesn't solve the issue that's been at hand which is both teams should get a possession like, so I'm with you on that, Will. I understand what you're saying, and, and I don't hate the idea on the surface, but that let's say that plays out in that playoff game, and it's still the same problem. Josh Allen doesn't touch the ball. And, and everyone's still, still going to be complaining about that at the end of the day. And, like, that's the whole point of why we're talking about this. So just because you went for one extra offensive play instead of kicking a field goal, to me, it's cool. It's a fun wrinkle. I agree with you that in the moment, it'd be fun to talk about and be like, oh, this is big, but it doesn't solve that problem that your best player, you know, one of the two awesome quarterbacks on the field did not get to touch the ball in overtime. No, I understand that. I just think if you're going to, I guess, keep the other team off the field, I know that's already your issue because you want them on the field. I, I like the addition of at least doing something more than just scoring a touchdown to do it and having to make that decision. But I am surprised that it's taken us this long to even get to this point with how much the NFL loves offense. And they, we all know scoring points means making lots of money for the league. So the fact that both teams can't be on the field, at least as it stands here today, has always kind of surprised me, at least over the last few years. Uh, but anyway, that's the one I like because I like the wrinkle, but you can get to the other one, I guess, that is most likely to pass. Well, I think the most likely one is just that, uh, you know, both teams will end up getting a possession in overtime and you settle it that way. Now, um, what I would not be surprised happens here, though, because we always find out, you know, for whatever reason, these owners are always uh, reluctant for change unless it's unless it's you're not allowed to wag your finger or do anything. Uh, you can't look at the other bench or anything. Yeah, don't like pull that. a marsh. And then for sure, uh, we'll change that. But, um, I just wonder if what will actually get passed this week is that this only applies for the playoffs. Because the, yeah, and I can, and that would make sense. Like how long do you want these overtime games in a regular season to last? And yeah. I don't it's know. a player safety issue yes. more so than anything. It's that they don't want these games lingering and lingering and lingering. Cause the more plays you have, the more opportunity there's for injury. So I just have a feeling that, they won't go all the way and they'll just say, okay, in the playoffs, this is how it's going to be. And I don't necessarily like having two different rules for regular season playoffs, but Hey, at least that would be a step in the right direction. I think. Well, hockey does that right with the shootouts versus sure. You know, continuous overtime. So it's not out of the you know realm of possibility. I don't know by like reading the rules summary. I don't understand it completely, Adam, and maybe you can shed some light. Would both teams have a chance to possess and then after it's sudden death, or is it back and forth, back and forth until finally, you know, one team doesn't answer? No, I believe that it would just guarantee a second possession. And then from that point on, it's just the scoreboard. So um I guess to answer your question, yes, it's sudden death as soon as that second team gets possession of the football. Okay. See, and then for my thought would be say we're going for this playoff game, right? So Josh Allen got that opportunity went down and scored and then Mahomes went out there and did it again and then we're almost at the same spot where we were you know one drive ago where Allen can't have an opportunity to at least answer and keep himself in the game right but I mean so the Chiefs went down and scored touchdown right Mm -hmm. Um, and then so the Bills would have to go do that otherwise right so let's say they did and then Mahomes again marched back down yeah and then Allen's on the sideline and then I feel like it's the same 
predicament. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like you're just in the same spot. Um, Someone play defense. Which, which gets back role. to my – Oh, but this gets <laughs> – Well, that's a fair point. Someone get a stop. But this gets back to my biggest problem with overtime is that it shouldn't come down to a coin toss. So yep. my, my counterpoint to you, Will, is I, I agree that that's, that's still sort of the same problem. They don't get equal possessions. But if – the equal possession advantage or non-equal, whatever, unbalanced possession, however you want to put it, advantage goes to the home team because they earn that right to host the game based on the regular season, then that's a little bit more fair. You'd be like, okay, well, yeah, they they are the home team. They sh-. And that's wh- how I have always felt about it. I do not understand why this comes down to a coin. Every other sport has built-in home field advantages. There's no reason why that can't be the case in football where the home team gets the choice of getting the ball first or not getting the ball. And I would argue even at the beginning of the game, it doesn't have to be overtime. Like that should just be a thing. If you're the home team, you get to basically win the coin toss every time. Why are we flipping a damn coin? It makes no sense. At that rate, we may as well play rock, paper, scissors too. Like it's, it's pretty much the same thing. It's chance. And at yeah. least then two guys would have a chance to make, you know, uh, a decision there, <laughs> but instead of just the coin flipping, it's, and we can go even further, you know, on other episodes about how technology can improve the game, you know, whether it be the microchip in the football, like, you know, it's 2022, mm-hmm. let's not be so you know, stubborn uh, with this and let's find ways to continue to improve uh, the product. Oh, I can give it. you all kinds of stories from my days on Northwestern sidelines of how they spot the football. It's like the most ridiculous thing ever. Like when you actually watch it up, up close, you're like, they have no idea where they're spotting the ball. They just put it down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was covering high school games uh, this past fall and my <laughs> goodness, I'm like, I had it jotted down like you're at the 35. How did that ball get to the 39? Like, where are you getting these extra four yards from? It's insane sometimes. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see where that goes this week. Um, there's a couple other smaller changes that uh, I like number three. What's that one? Oh, no, sorry. Not number three. I like uh, the by law for the 2022. So number one, the by competition committee that prohibits the clubs that are in the playoffs from signing players have been terminated by teams that are out of the playoffs. Oh, yeah. So that way they can't keep adding players to the roster from the league while they're already in the playoffs. I think that's nice. It keeps some integrity there. Once you're already in, you know, in the dance sort of speak, I like that one. The last one um, is actually got a connection to the bears. Uh, this has to do with it's a little bit more boring, but it has to do with uh, front office additions um, and it, multiple teams are behind this Baltimore, Buffalo, Philly and Tampa Bay. They basically just want it that you can't essentially do what the Bears did with Ian Cunningham. You cannot. So GMs, yes, can move around right when the season's over. But other than that, the secondary like front office personnel cannot be uh, you you basically have the teams the right to deny interviews until the draft is over so just the easiest way to explain this is instead of the bears being able to bring in cunningham over from the eagles right away as their assistant gm they basically would not have been allowed to talk to him until after the draft and then after the draft there's a mandated period through june 30th where teams would actually not allow wouldn't be allowed to block at all. It would just kind of move the calendar a little bit so the teams could get through the draft before losing key personnel. I understand where they're coming from. I think the other side of that coin is if you're starting as a new GM, there's already some of that goes on. Like right now, Ryan Poles is working with all the existing scouts. Mm -hmm. 
the same college scouting director that has been here, Mark Sadowski. Um, I think it's okay for him to at least have like his right hand man, make his biggest hire um, at that point. I do understand it hurts the team that you're hiring from, but it's a tricky, that's more tricky than I think people realize and probably will generate a lot of discussion next week at the owner's meetings. I'm interested to see where that one goes. It sounds like the NFL wants to find ways to make news in June. Sure. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Very. That's very a slow low. period right now. And they've yeah. done a great job over the last decade of making this off season, almost an endless news cycle, but June's kind of that snooze period. So if they can find something to do then, which this sounds like that would be the something, then there's something for us to talk about, which again is to the benefit uh, for them. All right, so yeah, we have more to talk about on this uh, podcast, but before we do, I just got to tell you about PointsBet real quick. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email PointsBet at at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And we appreciate all the support here on CHGO. It's actually been mind-blowing. Um, the it's now we're out three weeks into this thing and uh, it's been awesome. But if you're watching, you're listening, you want, you probably already know that we have podcasts and live shows on every team every day. So thank you for being here with the bears coverage. But if you also happen to be a bulls fan, white Sox fan, Cubs fan, uh, Blackhawks fan, we have shows for you, even the Chicago sky and there's more coming. So make sure you're checking it all out. Podcast live shows, every team, every day, plus post game shows, and the Bulls post game shows have just been straight fire. Uh, unfortunately, the Bulls just can't, you know, keep winning. But it's actually made the post game shows pretty good, if we're being honest. So, um, I encourage you to check those out. If you go to allchgo.com, you can access our premium written content though for members. So sign up, get that membership. You can find our merchandise in the CHGO locker. And when you sign up right now for membership, you get a free T-shirt when you become a member. And as we took a question earlier from the discord, you also find there's a members only discord to continue to uh, engage with us. Even when we're not doing the show here, but um, thank you for everyone who has been a big part of our launch here at CHGO. And we promise we're just going to keep the uh, content flowing for you. Uh, and that's what we're going to do right here is we enter our last 15 minutes of the week here on the CHGO bears podcast. And uh, this is a fun one. We're going to go through our best and worst draft picks over the last decade for the Chicago Bears. Um, and I think we're going to start with our best ones, then go to worst. And uh, Nick, you're on the clock first. Yeah, so to kind of start this off, it's it's not the easiest thing to find the best draft picks for the Bears just in the last decade. But I went with the guy that's still currently on the team and Roquan Smith, number eight overall pick. In 2018, just a staple of this Bears defense, a face of the defense, really, and someone that I think as this Bears team is continuing to grow into this next regime, you look at Roquan Smith being the focal point of what you kind of want to do defensively in this new 4-3 defense. So going Roquan Smith here. 
on my side, uh, you know, as Nick said, it's the list of the good picks is much shorter than the uh, the picks that missed uh, for the Bears. Uh, but for me, the best pick, I believe, over the last decade uh, is going to be Kyle Fuller. Uh, they got him 14th. Uh, overall in that 2014 draft and he was a longtime starter for this defense uh obviously you know came onto the scene uh, rookie year busting onto it kind of tapered off for a bit took that year off with an injury uh, then came back in 2018 and really put himself together a, a career year there aren't many chicago bears uh, that have been drafted that's been able to appear in over uh you know uh, a decent amount of games i'm trying to think exactly what he was here uh, kyle fuller appeared yeah in 112 games there's not many bears players that have appeared over a hundred over this past decade that's been drafted here uh, and is a staple on that defense so uh kyle fuller for me is uh the best draft pick the bears have done all right for me and it's a little bit of a leap here because it's still early i'm going with justin fields because i i think even regardless of what the results end up being i think the process there to land one of the big quarterbacks in the draft last year. Yes, there was some luck involved, which I detailed in my uh, 10 Bears Things column after the draft. Certainly some decisions uh, made ahead of them that helped. But to make that big move, to kind of get a second crack and overcoming the mistake of Mitch Trubisky, now it didn't save Ryan Pace's job in the end, um, but I still think that the process, the move to go up and get him, it was very sound. Uh, Bears fans by far most excited over that pick than any other pick that has been made uh, in the last decade. And probably even before that, um, I think that that's, uh, there's still a strong case that that is their best draft pick. Of course, we still need to see the results. Some comments flowing in here too. And I mean, there are some other ones that you can definitely argue. Uh, Darnell Mooney was one that came to mind for me as Devin points out there. It was just a real, you know, good pick Uh, later on. Khalil Herbert, Looks like a steal in the sixth round. I guess my problem with those guys is we just still, and I guess you could say the same thing about Justin Fields, to be honest, but we just don't really know like what the ceiling is going to be. I'm picking Justin Fields on like the premise that I believe he's going to be the answer that the Bears have not had at that quarterback spot in a really long time. And when we talk about with, um, um, you know, with, Darnell Mooney is a lot of what we talk about is that we don't know if he can be a number one wide receiver. Maybe he'll prove us wrong, but there's still kind of a ceiling there. There is uh, one that I almost put. Uh, he was on my short list, though, uh, and I'm sure the chat will love it. Uh, Charles Leno Jr. He was like 11th to last in that draft of being yeah. picked. 246 overall ended up being a very good left tackle for the Bears. Uh, for a very you know for a decent amount of time, and for a team that has a hard time finding quality offensive lineman over the past decade, as I think we all knew when we were going combing through these draft classes, you know, finding a guy like Charles Leno Jr. When they did again, 11th to last uh, in that draft, he was only 10 picks away or 11 picks away from being, you know, Mr. Irrelevant uh, that year. So he's someone that overachieved compared to where he drafted uh, more so than I think any bear over the past decade. So he's another one that I would give at least an honorable mention to. I'm glad you said it well. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I had him also on there. Yeah, I had him also on there, but I was like, okay, someone's going to say Charles Allen Jr., and then the chat's just going to lose it because it's starting again. You know, it's it's starting, yes. But no, I I completely agree with that. Like, the Bears have not had stability there at left tackle. And, you know, even though he's a seventh round draft pick, had some ups and downs as as any seventh round draft pick probably would, he he was somebody that kind of provides some stability over there. All right. Um, 
I I do have to uh, take exception, though, Will, with your best pick. Why so? Kyle Fuller might be among the most overrated players that's played for this team <laughs> in the last decade. Like now, first of all, I think I that might be a little strong, but I think one one thing is the fact that he even appears on this list shows you the Bears have not drafted well enough. For, yep. for the last decade. All right, so that's that's one caveat. It's not your fault. This is a t- it's tough to find some great draft picks, uh, quite frankly. But Kyle Fuller, like a lot of the argument with him is just that he played and started a lot of games. You know, he was never a true shutdown corner and really only had that one great season in 2018 and so, like, if we're going to put Kyle Fuller in a discussion, I think I can make an argument that Eddie Jackson deserves it over him because if we're going to go off of one season, Eddie Jackson was a fourth-round pick. So, like, there's better value there. Kyle Fuller was a first-round pick um, that really it took him a few years to really settle in. He missed all of 2016 with a kind of a disagreement with the team over his knee issue. Then I give him credit because he did. He became a very solid starter and had an outstanding 2018 season. But I never felt, and you saw it last year, like did they really miss him when they let him go? Yeah, no, not so much. I get it. It's Again, it's really hard to find those really good draft picks. And I was just looking at, you know, production. And I know it wasn't the best, but he had 19 interceptions, you know, so far throughout his career and looking at what the bears have been able to do. Like no one really is able to reach that. I know Jackson uh, has like 10, uh, but most of those came within like a two year stretch as well. And I'm sure if we wanted to go year by year, most of Kyle Fuller's came in a two year stretch. If you want to pick one uh, over the other as well, but I, I think he makes some good points there, uh, Adam, but I- I'm still going to stand by it because I d- still think when you look at first round picks, the bears have made, not getting a lot in return, and he may just be the one. All right, let's go. Smith. Yeah, no, nah, it's let, let's go to the uh, the worst picks. This is gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, lot more options here, guys. Uh, Nick, go ahead. Yeah, I'll start this off, and I'll go with the obvious one. I'll go with Mitchell Trubisky here, number two overall pick in 2017. Just knowing what the Bears gave up to go get him. The 67th overall pick, a a fourth rounder, a 2018 third rounder. And the thing that still strikes me to this day is that the Bears felt like that needed to be the guy. Like they didn't feel comfortable with the any of the other two. Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes potentially just falling there at three. So the evaluation that the Bears had on Trubisky to go up and get him, that's where still to this day I'm like, man. Like Deshaun, he was so much better than Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes that you needed to move up. And obviously we're feeling the trickle down effects from that trade. And that's why Justin Fields is here, which maybe that the bears are better for that, but I'll go with Mitchell Trubisky as my, wow. Worst. You changed your mind, huh? Yeah. You changed your mind. You, you, you're messing with our, with our producer, Steven. Cause <laughs> oh, that's told- right. <laughs> I, I, Kevin, okay. So in my notes, I have Trubisky there and I didn't even go with Kevin white, but I, I just, I guess on the fly, just change it. No, and by, well, it's, and it's, come on, there's so many options here. It's all right. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about Kevin White in a second, but we'll go ahead. Yeah. So uh, my worst pick, it's one that still has me uh, ripping my hair out. It's going to be Shea McClellan. Uh, <laughs> you know, the Bears got him uh, 19th overall. Uh, had no plan on how to use that guy uh, whatsoever. Is he going to be an outside edge? Is he going to stand up? Is he going to be, a th- you know, put his hand in the dirt? 
eh, we'll try that middle linebacker. Like the fact that you draft a guy that early, couldn't find a role for him, one that he can actually succeed in. Uh, and there was a guy named uh, Chandler Jones available who was picked, you know, just a two picks later. I could went with Riley Reef tackle. Harrison Smith was available. Just to name a couple of guys that went like right after uh, good old Shay McClellan. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, I don't know. There's just so much I can say not say about the guy but i definitely think that was one of the biggest mistakes the bears have made draft wise over the past mm, 10 ish years yeah i'm not gonna argue with you there will that uh that's definitely high on the list uh especially because as you pointed out like it didn't fit the scheme to begin with nope when they drafted him it just made no sense um all right mine is adam shaheen 45th overall pick um same draft as mitch trubisky just think I'll never forget. And I always talk about this every year um, when we finally get our eyes on these draft picks. First impressions are so important to me. And, you know, one of those was last year with Justin Fields. Like, I'll, And I got this chance to see Justin Fields in person a couple times in college. Um, and I remember both times I saw him in person. I was like, man, this guy's big. Like, And then when he walked on the field last year at House Hall for rookie minicamp, I'm like, oh, man, there's another reminder. Like, this dude is way bigger than you think he is. With Adam Shaheen, I'll never forget watching him. This guy just looks awkward. Like, what, yep. what are these explosive, athletic, like all these things they try to sell you on? I'm like, he doesn't look coordinated when he's trying to turn his body, catch a ball. His He runs funny. Like, I just, what? What did they see? I did, it didn't make any sense. He's coming from Ashland. I remember I turned on the tape after they drafted him. And um, he's running away from corner cornerbacks. Like, ah, oh, it's pretty impressive, but it's D two football. Like, yes, it shouldn't. Like, he should be dominating if he's going in the second round of the NFL draft. Um, and really, the problem, the bigger problem, is like here's a handful of names that were drafted after Adam Sheen. Okay, Joe Mixon which I understand because he came with the baggage coming out of college. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, Alvin Kamara. You ever heard of him? Cooper Cup, who the Bears coached in that senior bowl that year. No use for no use for Cooper Cup. Um, plus, they traded away to the third-round pick that year in the Trubisky deal. Yep. Uh, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay. There's a lot of there's a lot of guys here, um, and then the worst of which, because it is the tight end position, George Kittle, which Nick knows all too well. All too well. Uh, yeah. Adam, is there a reason why you didn't choose Gabe Karimi? I, I don't know if there's a reason why or not, <laughs> but I'm just curious. I thought he would be mentioned. Um, see, here's why. But here's this brings us back to Kevin White because part of the reason why I. I can't completely go all the way with Kevin White is sometimes when the injuries bite you, sometimes there's bad luck involved there, right? Now, I do think there's a strong case with Kevin White in that if you really look at the evaluation coming out of college, he did not run a full route tree. There was a lot of projection there, a lot of traits that you were just trying to hope. And I have to say, I can't tell you how many camps where he actually was healthy before he got hurt again, where he still wasn't, getting open. He still wasn't making tough catches. He never, even when he got back from some of those injuries and was in training camp, which I know the fans don't always get to see, he 
he didn't look like a number one wide receiver to me at the NFL level. So I'm willing to go there with Kevin White. I mean, Cade Karimi is a, is a strong choice too. I just think people forget that when Gabe actually started at that rookie year, and granted it was like only two games before he got hurt, he was their best lineman. Yeah, he was he was playing well, and I know it's just I was looking at how players panned out overall. Yeah. Uh, but again, I know you can't really knock a guy for getting injured, especially with Gabe was his knee, right? And like it was hard for him to come back with that. So I, I get it. I just figured there may have been like a school connection. He didn't want to you know go uh, there, but uh, I know we're running short on time. I have two Bears draft trivia questions to kind of run past oh, both yeah. of you. Uh, so can either of you name? Any of the three players that the Bears have drafted in the last decade that never appeared in a single NFL game. Just looking for one out of the three. Uh, Brandon Harden. Yes. Can you keep going? Um, so th- draft picks that never appeared in a single game. In the last decade. So they could be um, uh, Jordan Morgan. That's two. 66% of the way there. Uh up these. <laughs> and it's just in the last decade? It is. Uh, so you had Brandon Harden. The other one uh, does share the same draft class. Ooh. As Harden, that was a bad draft class. Yes, it was. Evan Rodriguez? No. Ooh, that's good a good try. No. That's a good guess, ah. though. Because um, that's the same class. Oh, it, oh, it was the corner they drafted in. Uh, Greg. It, uh, M- McCoy from TCU, or... uh, Greg McCoy. Yes, good yes. job, guys. Yeah, so yeah. only three Bears in the last decade that never at least played in the game. I feel like you should have at least <laughs> no one on that list. They should at least appear in one game. If it's not for the Bears, someone else. Yeah, uh, it does happen, though. It does, it does. happen. Yeah. Uh, so. All right, last question. Uh, since 2009, which drafted player has appeared in the most games for the Chicago Bears? Since 2009. Cody Whitehair. Ooh, no. That's a pretty good one. Is it Leno? Ooh, close. Similar. Oh, 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 uh, Pat O'Donnell. Yes, uh, Mm, 128. Leno was second with 119 games so far uh, in his career. So, again, if we want to look at longevity and what people have been able to accomplish, two mid-round picks. I don't want to punter. uh, and One last-round pick in Leno Jr., but... Yeah, if you go to 2008, then you have guys like Matt Forte, who, of course, has you know been up there uh, as well. But just looking at the last decade, like the fact that there's only you know two guys that have appeared like in 100 games really since, but and Kyle Fuller as well. Uh, I know obviously the closer you get, the less chance they can have 100 games because they haven't played in 100 games. But that's not like uh, an end-all, be-all number for me. But just looking at a lot of these guys that just never even panned out or never even got close, it's just incredibly awful all right a couple things we got to cram in here right at the end first of all we got uh, two super chats um so let's one is to bring back cuddy to mentor fields with a cigarette in there yeah great idea uh <laughs> smoking justin fields uh sure yeah i like it uh and we'll poll sign any good free agents on offense this year slow moving we'll see if anything happens at the owners meetings next week um I'll be down there in Florida. These guys will all be keeping the show going. I'll be jumping on too from down there at the owners meeting. So uh, make sure you're tuning in next week because whatever happens, we're going to hear from the GM. We're going to hear from the head coach, hear from George McCaskey even. Um, so there's uh, there's going to be 
definitely some content coming uh, and some good stuff. Maybe even some moves. We'll see what the uh, NFL annual meeting in West Palm Beach next week. Uh, as we get out of here, want to also mention, uh, Will, uh, if you want to take this away, you can. But uh, our, our thoughts are still with your family and your sister-in-law, Haley. And um, I'll, I'll let you chime in here. But uh, we definitely any support our listeners can give to your family uh, would definitely be appreciated. Well, thank you, Adam. Uh, and also, you know, thank you to both Nick uh, and yourself, Adam, for, you know, uh, sharing the news here on the show and on your Twitter accounts, just kind of spreading the word. Uh, I just been blown away. And so is my family uh, about all just, you know, the overwhelming support that we've all received uh, for Haley right now. Uh, she just went through spinal surgery a couple nights ago. Uh, based off what we've heard yesterday, uh, things are, uh, that went well. That was a successful surgery. She's able to, uh, have movement in her legs, uh, which is something we did not know, uh, heading into that surgery, uh, if she would or not. Uh, so that's great news. Still a long road to recovery ahead for her, uh, with multiple surgeries and all those injuries, but we woke up to our goal being surpassed, uh, which is tremendous. Uh, she does have a two-year-old daughter, a fiance that's taking time off of work, uh, to go and be there with her. But. You know, like I said, just super blown away just by all the support from uh, you guys, uh, CHGO, not just CHGO Bears, but the entire CHGO family, fans of the show, fans that have been around with you know Nick and I uh, for years, just reaching out, uh, emails coming in. Uh, I've, I've been having a hard time keeping up with it, to be honest, which still blows my mind. So uh, I don't want to thank everyone who's uh, you know supported monetary wise, if you could, or just help spread the word uh, over the past few days uh, for for my whole family. I just want to say thank you so much. Well, that's definitely good to hear some uh, some good news, uh, at least a step in the right direction. We hope it continues to go that way, Will. So our thoughts continue to to be with your family. And that link for the GoFundMe, we did drop in the comments in YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can find it there. If you're listening later on the podcast, um, check out Will's Twitter account. Our, any Really, any of our Twitter accounts, we have the, the links up there. Uh, but Will is at Will DeWitt with the uh, uh, L's being ones. And uh, Nicholas Moriano on Twitter, at Adam Hogue. Thank you for all the, the great interaction all week long. It was a fun week of shows, despite the fact the Bears keep slowing things down. And that's going to be slow and steady. That's going to be what it's all about with Ryan Poles. That's all right. But we're going to do the opposite here on the CHO Bears podcast. And we promise uh, to keep that going next week as well. Check us out at allchgo.com on Twitter at chgo underscore sports and underscore bears. Check out all of our team Twitter accounts there. Please give us a follow if you haven't already. We will be back on Monday. As I'll be in Florida, plenty of good coverage from the owners' meetings next week right here on the CHGO Bears podcast. Have a great weekend.